When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and uh, today's a special day. Um, I moved down to Mobile for school, and um, my home church was Kennedy Baptist, and um, there was a big uproar about this young man, and I, I would call in and get prayer requests, and it was exciting to hear the young man grow, and I had the pleasure of being an interim youth uh, pastor for your senior year or junior year? One of them. Yeah, it was one of the two. It was in, I think it was in the summer, so it was like a bit of both. And um, man, he's a, he's a big inspiration, and uh, it's good to have you on here, Horatio. How you doing? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. So, uh, man, I, I wanted to walk through just a little bit of like just people getting to know you. I wanted to walk through maybe some of the high school days and what led you to the University of Alabama. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, you got some big news. Uh, you just went on a mission trip, and you you popped some kind of a question. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we little things in between, and uh, we'll pick it up as we go. Right. Cool. Sounds good. Well, man, uh, tell me about it. Like um, when you were a kid, um, man, what was life like? And uh, you know, what were your interests? And you know, you can take that to faith, you can take that to sports or how they intertwine, whatever you want to do. Okay. See, when I was little, I never liked sports. <laughs> I hated football. I did. And uh, I really liked music when I was little. You know, I was in listening to everybody, a little bit of everything. And uh, I don't know. It was just like, you know, growing up, you know, the way my mom, Jamal, my dad raised me, I just, I ended up growing to love it in the end, you know. And, uh. I guess just, you know, as much as they pushed me to do it, it's like they weren't pushing me to the point to where they made me hate it, mm-hmm. but just enough to they knew I could do it if I wanted to. And I guess that kind of made me love it and just fall in love with sports. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, what was it, what was the first sport? Was it always football? Yeah, I believe, yeah. The first sport I ever played was football. Unless, no, actually, <laughs> it was t-ball. But I wasn't no good in T-ball. Never was good in baseball. I like baseball, but I never was too good at it. But the first sport that I really, like, really got into and developed in was football. Yeah. And just now, man, like, I mean, you're starting your sophomore year at the university, right? Yep. Is, uh, I just wanted to ask your opinion. Uh, what do you think about NILs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's a touchy subject, really. Yeah. I mean. But we've been talking about it here on the show for, like, two or three episodes now well, like, like for me it's like i don't know from my perspective being on the outside i guess it's different just because you know i'm paying for school mm-hmm. you know most athletes don't and i think that plays a big factor into it i think that eventually you know unless a program just really strict on it then uh 
Like, I think people, like, students and young guys could come in focusing more on the money than the game. Yeah. And so I just hope it don't take over the love for football. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope the kids just, you know, continue to love the sport and continue to excel and not just be worried about going to a school for the big bucks. You know, and that was one thing I thought about. And so, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's such a touchy subject. And uh, you, have two, you have two cats who are seniors in high school. Uh, I believe they're both from Texas. Uh, one's a running back, one's a quarterback. Uh, I think one's committed to Texas, the other's committed to Ohio State. Quarterback's committed to Ohio State. And they're not playing their senior year in high school. Because they have NIL money just waiting. See, like, that's crazy to me. And Ohio State doesn't care. <laughs> they're already, rec- you know, they're already yeah. recruited. They're already there. But, like, and I think about this, and I, I didn't do a whole lot of high school sports. I played two years on uh, South Moore's baseball team, my ninth and tenth grade year. Then I quit for music. Yeah. And um, and a lot of bit of that was I, I wasn't that great, you know. <laughs> that's a big part of music, right? It's like, I can do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm only going to play baseball for this amount of time, so I'd rather go ahead and give myself to music. And, um, but, uh, you know, I imagine, like, when I grew up, that was a hard thing to do because, like, man, I grew up with Eric Adams and Josh Thrasher and Russ Coe. And, you know, they were, uh, they were real big in baseball. They were very gifted, very talented guys. And um, the years I wasn't on the field, you know, every year, I'd be like, try out this year. Come try out. And I finally did and got on the team. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was this idea of, like, we grew up together playing ball. And this it, it just means something. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine, like, being the quarterback or running back and such. And I, I imagine that's how the NIL is going to be. I don't think many linemen or, you know, some of these uh, positions that folks play that just get overlooked. Yeah. I don't think they'll have NIL. A lot of them won't. And if they do, they won't be big things. And that's like a – I was actually talking to a buddy of mine on campus the other day about it, and it's like most of your NIL deals are going to come into the skill positions. That's right. So then you're going to have these linemen who busted their butts just as much as anybody else, and they getting a dime off of it. Mm-hmm. So then that leads to I'm going to go where I can get paid, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. kind of mentality. So then they start searching for these schools, and these schools are like, yeah, we'll get you deals, and then it's a whole mess. That's it. Because the transfer portal is already – a mess in itself that's know? right so i don't know i just hope that schools can just find a way to come together and make it to where you know nobody's just being left out you know what i mean that's it like with bryce young i think he's up to a million in endorsements it's like if it were me and that's i was it. quarterback now granted i'm i'm 30 i would make a cut with every one of my linemen i was like because y'all block and y'all do y'all's job i can do my job yep that just a personal thing, and then like for him to not, he ain't ever played. A, a, I mean, besides from a couple of plays last year and yeah, eight day game, like he hasn't started a single down in the University of Alabama, and he's making almost a million dollars. Yeah, like that's just crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Same with that, like the the quarterback that's not playing a senior year. Yeah, like he's already approaching seven figures, and he's not even taking a like a college snap. You know, and that's crazy. And it, like to finish that point, like like the big story I was aiming at was I couldn't imagine growing up and playing ball with these guys for you know 10 15 years and then not play my senior year with a chance of maybe there's a state championship on the line you know and to me like if I was playing sports and I've been a part of this high school there's nothing more important than a state championship and then after that it would be 
getting recruited and, you know, yeah. getting to a college. Yeah. I know there's no way that I personally would have sat out my senior year. Because, like you said, you know, I grew up playing with the guys I played with. That's right. The guys that were on my team, you know, I had played with since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. There's no way you couldn't pay me enough money in the world to get that up. Yeah. So, I'd I mean, take a penny just to go back to do it again, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, like what senior year? When you played basketball, you, you did more things with the athletics, right? I did basketball and football. Yeah, and uh, I had some other extracurricular activities, but they weren't athletics. Yeah, and what about uh, I mean, what about faith? Uh, when did that happen? How did that come to be? Well, actually, uh, my ninth grade year, you know, I had started getting into some trouble. I had always been in and out of church, just kind of. That Monday, I mean, that Sunday, Wednesday, Christian, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, little faith here, little faith there. And then I got in some trouble my ninth grade year, and God was just like, man, if you keep going down this road, you know, I'm just going to let you go down this road. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm talking to you. I'm trying to pull you back in. And so I just, I don't know, he just really weighed on my heart, and I just let go. And I was like, okay, God, you know, if this is your plan for me, then let's go. Let's get it on. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember I, I remember that story particularly, and then I'm, I remember what happened after, and I was like, well, he found his faith. Yep. And that's the thing about it is like, man, when I when I grew up I, at 11 years old, I um, had a salvation experience, and it was, you know, a lot of Baptists would say it was just somewhat of an emotional experience. It wasn't real. And that was true. And I had been baptized too. And it didn't happen until, you know, I fell out of church, and I mean, high school came, fell in the partying and doing all this and that. And then one day, Miss Andrew, Brother Keith's wife, came in the truck stop where I was working. Mike's one stop at the time. Now it's what, Shaw's? Yeah. I and so. um, <clears throat> said, uh, are you Alan Aldridge? So, well, that depends. <laughs> what does that depend on? What you've heard? I was like, I had a quite a reputation at the time, you know, and... She's like, I just wanted to let you know I've been praying for you. That touched me, because I had grown up, I had grown up in and out of church, and after uh, parents' divorce, we really kind of quit. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until then that faith got real, because like it was the way that Miss Andrea, she was leading the college and career at that time, and I was just out of high school. I had just started community college, and um, I mean the way she taught the class really encouraged me to like actually pick up the word for myself. And because of that, those late nights, um, I actually met Jesus Christ. And, um, I mean, very gifted teacher. And then me and Brother Keith got to kicking it off. We did Bible lessons and uh, guitar lessons and all that. So I taught him a, I taught him guitar if he'd teach me the Bible. <laughs> that was the deal. And, um, God, I mean, I, I think like these conversion stories, like, we have a similar background in that regard. Is uh, it's easy to see like a a person coming to faith, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, man, I, I hate it for some people because like they never really messed up, so to speak. But like sin, like when people think about sin, um, it's not a word that is defined correctly a lot um sin is a archery term if you were to look at like hebrew and the idea is missing a target and then there's a lot of people who aim and miss 
they know what sin is, and they do it anyway. And then there's a lot of people who aim the wrong direction yeah. because they don't know, they don't understand what they're, they don't have, they don't know the, you know, they don't know the word. And then the third one is like some people never took a shot. They never got exposed. And so that is, that is the idea of sin. And it's like, well, what's the target? God tells you what it is. Yeah. Now, the good news is, is like when you miss, we have grace. We have repentance. We can turn. But um, And that's the hardest conversation um, to me, Like especially when I hit college campus, was talking about faith. And like, because a lot of people, like right when you bring it up, they're like, eh. Yeah, that dude is not cool. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've had my fair share of experiences. Uh, I had some buddies. Uh, he threw a uh, like a little. I wouldn't call it tailgate because it was in the dorms, but just like this big watch party, you know, mm-hmm. for the uh, the Iron Bowl. And none of us had tickets, so he's like, "We're all gonna go." Well, we're in there, you know, just chilling, eating pizza, watching the game, and then. Uh, I overheard a couple girls talking about, you know, faith and God and what this means, what that means. So I was like, hey, I'm going to jump in on the conversation. Yeah. So my buddy who was throwing the watch party, I actually met him at the Chimes Retreat, which is a Christian retreat for incoming freshmen. Mm-hmm. I just got back, I want to say last week, from counseling this year. And uh, we went over there and we was like, you know, we're just going to jump in this. You know, you mind if we join you? And they was like, no, but it's like on campus, it's a whole different world. Because, like, those people coming from everywhere believe a lot of different things and a lot of crazy things like that. That's right. And so, like you said, I mean, it's just, especially when it comes to what they think sin is, what they think sin is, and what the Bible says sin is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally, totally different things. And that's a hard conversation to have. That's right. And it's like, and I think that's what the way that Miss Andrea approached it was, um, like, the way that she talked, she wasn't so... Um, but the way that she challenged, like, um, she was teaching and she was teaching correctly, but like, um, she would give you just a taste to make you pursue it for yourself. And I think that's, it's brilliant. It's wise, uh, because that allows you to make the determination for yourself and someone is not, it doesn't feel like, uh, there's condemnation. Yeah. And especially coming from someone else. Yeah. Because that's an immediate turnoff. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, like, people don't like being told that they're wrong. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, just, like, back to your story in, like, high school. So, after ninth grade, I mean, like, did you get invited back or? Oh, I guess, well, like, at that time was when, you know, Mama and Jamal was getting serious in church. And uh, really getting their faith together. But, you know, I was still stuck on that. You know, I want to live my way. You know, my friend's doing this. I want to do this. Mm -hmm. So we were still going to church. But I just, I guess I wasn't interested in it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, you know, after all the stuff I went through happened, I, um, you know, the next Sunday, actually, Brother Keith picked me up and was like, hey, you come with me to Knoxville. And I want to say it's the Noxubi Wildlife Refuge. <clears throat> and uh, went out there. He was going to take some pictures. And he was just kind of like, you know, uh, just come with me, hang out. 
you know, look at some nature, see what God has to tell us. And he poured into me that day. And it was like after that, it just everything clicked, you know. Yeah. And so got back, started doing right, and uh, just started trying to live the best I could. And uh, yeah. then I started making more relationships with the people in church. Because, you know, you go to Sunday and everybody's like, hey, how you doing? But outside of church, it was kind of like, I'm going to avoid them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really... Because then they might call me out on this or that, and then it was just, like, totally different. So then I started making more relationships with different people, you know. Seeing them outside of church was still, like, that church experience, you know. Hey, how you doing? You were really diving into conversation and just fellowshipping. That's really. right. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me was, you know, my relationships really grew after that. Do you think that's where you kind of honed your social skills? Because, I mean, like, you're a fairly sociable guy, and, like, you come out as a leader, um, you know, with most of the things I saw you involved in, I mean, you were typically leading it. Yeah. Um, I'd say that was a big part in it. Because I, uh, I worked construction for, you know, Gary Mack, don't you? Yeah. I worked construction for Gary Mack the summer of my junior year. And um, uh, Josh McManus was talking <laughs> to me, and he said that he could tell the difference between, you know, when I wasn't living right and when I got right because he said he talked to me one time and I just looked at him and kept walking. And uh, I thought about it and I was like, I don't remember doing that, but I don't feel like I would. But then, you know, I, I get to thinking about it. And, you know, before that, those instances in my life occurred, I just, I really wasn't interested in talking to people. You know, if I didn't really know you, yeah, I could care less about you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, I really honed in on my social skills from that. Yeah. I think that that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, man. I um, <clears throat> uh, Kennedy's uh, they they did especially during that that period. I, m- I remember like before I left, and then coming back. I can't as much speak on it now. I haven't <clears throat> been, but um, that was one thing that they were incredibly good at hospitality. Yeah, still are. Yeah, and that that was a funny story. Before we started, ever came to Kennedy Baptist. Uh, originally, it was just me, Mama, and my little brothers. Yeah, Jamal wouldn't come. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one day I just overheard it. He was like, "No, that's a white church." You know, I'm a black man. If I go in this white uh-huh. church, it's not gonna be good. But you know, seeing him now, if you ask him, if you ever catch him, you know, ask him, tell you about it. But like, he'll tell anybody. You know, that's the, he's been to a lot of churches in his life. Yeah, and that it, he says that that is the most loving and hospitable church he's ever been in. You know, he said that his church family is closer to him than a lot of his family. And I think that goes for all of us, too. You know, our church family really is like blood to us. Yeah, it really is that way. And you think about it, like, I mean, you just got back from Guatemala, Grace Ministries. That's Friendship Baptist down in Grand Bay. Um, when I lived in Mobile, that's where I went to church. Why? Because, like, when I met those people in Guatemala the first time I went, mm-hmm. I was like, these people are just like us. You know, I didn't know them for an hour, and I already felt like I knew them for all my <laughs> life. You know, yep. it's like, hey, we're just there's just something about us, right? It's family. Yeah. And um, I mean, we moved down on like a Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday night. We was at Friendship Baptist, me and JC, and it, I never left because it was that same idea, right? Because yeah. I, I didn't know anybody in Mobile. They were all I had. Yeah. And then you know, I started going to college, made some friends, but friendship was my family. Yeah, I, I believe that, and I, I hate that. You know, it's um, it's a hard thing to practice. Just 
to care. Like it's as easy. Like I think about it in the mornings. I stop at the same gas station for the most part, grab a biscuit, and uh, I want to have as good of an interaction with that cashier as possible. Because who knows who she's already dealt with or what happened before she left the house. Yeah. And that same goes for anybody you run into. Yeah, not a lot of people think about that. You know, I've walked past some people who's just been, especially on campus. You never know when somebody's having a bad day. <laughs> You know, whether their boyfriend didn't talk to them the night before, broke up with them, whatever. You know, you walk by and people just always giving you nasty looks or, like, things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, you try. I want to have the best best interaction possible with most people. And I think that, you know, the more you think about that, the more that gives you the opportunity to be able to, you know, lead them on. That's just it, man. Like, with missions is, uh, like, the mission statement, you know, uh, if you won't go across the street. You don't got any business going across the road. I took that to heart, man. And I mean, it makes logical sense. It's like, if you go get on a plane and go somewhere, but you ain't doing it at home, that's a vacation. Because yeah. you don't even know what the work looks like. Yeah. You ain't putting it in. We, uh, we had to talk about that the other night. Um, I just met with a couple guys, you know, talking about submission stuff. And <clears throat> Jordan Lawler told mm-hmm. me, He was talking about how, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about wanting to go here and go there and all that. But, you know, they don't want to do anything here. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't want to be involved in VBS. They don't want to be involved in, Mm -hmm. you know, community outreach. But they want to go to Japan and Africa and Europe. And and that's what he said. I mean, really, it's just to people like that, it's kind of like a vacation. Yeah. You know, because I feel like if God calls you to do missions then he's not just going to call you to travel overseas. You know, yep. He's going to call you to do things here, too. You have to prepare your mind. <clears throat> now, granted, a lot of things, like, I've been, I don't even know how many times I've been to Guatemala, to be honest with you. You lose count. And, like, I was like, there's no way I'll ever lose count. You do. <laughs> you really do. And, like, every trip, I've been to Chile and San Salvador, or San Salvador, El Salvador, the capital there. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, we did El Salvador for music. We were, uh, they had our daughter church down there, Friendship did, and, like, they were wanting to know about uh, contemporary Christian music. And it was like, we'll do you one better. We'll fly our band down there. And it was like, all weekend, we just played music. You know, That's we were awesome. just teaching them music. Yeah. And, um, but Guatemala, it's like, the first time I went, yeah, you, you were down there to do the Lord's work, man. You know, you, whether it was a food drive or... Um, building homes or just hanging out but like when you get back the immediate thing that you realize is that was better for me than it ever was for them yeah with the revelation that the trip brought because it it teaches you like man i hit the lottery when i was born here yeah you do (laughs) and granted it's like i love interacting with the kids because like when I go, I like taking them to little, um, oh, the little toy cars. What are those things? Matchbox cars, you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah. And the, <clears throat> we'll get a little piece of tin and like we'll set up a little ramp. Yeah, it just blows their mind. And uh, I was like, I want to be that happy about just seeing another day every day because like I just wake up some mornings, I'm just pissed. Yeah. I was like, why are we like this? <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Hey, whatever's going, I was like, well, today is going to suck. <laughs> it don't have to be that way. No, it don't. 
So, man, like, why the University of Alabama? Uh, what are you studying? What are you into? So, I think first I'll start with the why. Yeah. So, I, I really wasn't going to Alabama. Uh, I was split between two choices, and that was UAB, where I always wanted to go. And then there was Oberlin College in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I didn't really feel kind of in touch with UAB, I guess. Um, you know, I'd always loved the idea of going there for medical and stuff, but it was just never never really settled in my heart. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of put me down to like, oh, Oberlin. You know, they were showing interest for me in football. And then on a Wednesday night, I was in the youth room, and I got a phone call from the coach. He said, hey, man, we're going to fly you out next Friday. And uh, let me know if you can come. So then I called mama. Mama was like, uh, she said, how do you know these people ain't trying to kidnap you? And da 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 Because it's like so last minute, you know. Yeah. And I thought it was a little sketchy at first, too. But um, I took the flight, and I went out there, and it was it was great. You know, starting out, they showed me great uh, hospitality. You know, they fed me, took me to Maroon, showed me around campus. And, uh, you know, I told the uh, the coach, I said, uh, you know, do y'all have any churches around here? I said, I'm big in my faith, and if I'm coming all the way up here mm-hmm. to where I can't just drive back to church, I'm going to need something. So he was like, yeah, we got a church on campus. He said, the next church is, you know, all the way in Cleveland. We're about 20 minutes from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are on campus. It's a very liberal school. Mm-hmm. You know, not that that's a bad thing, but just keep that in mind with the next part I say. Anyways, the church was not at all what it was supposed to be as far as the leadership and, you know, how they conducted their congregation. Just a lot of things, you know, talking about was not what you believe to be true yeah really and there were a couple things that weren't biblically correct either and so you know just seeing that I was kind of like uh, I'm just gonna go home Alabama wasn't on the table I get home and then my cousin Adrian calls me and, or texts me and she said uh, have you heard of admitted tie days and I was like uh, I don't know she was like well sign up for it so I did we were both accepted in Alabama and we went up there and then you know, they showed us around campus. You know, we sat through a couple uh, seminars. We ate, did this, did that. And it was just like, God was like, this is where you're going, you know. Oh, man. So in that, I was like, it's kind of weird, but, you know, hey, best football on earth. Let's do it. So uh got in. And uh, originally, my plan was to go into pre-medical biology. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing. That's what I did last year. Yes, I don't know if I'm going to do that again. I plan on changing my major to nursing. Actually, tomorrow I got a meeting with the director of nursing. But um, it was just crazy, you know, how everything worked out. And all those things that I saw and all those things that I went through, you know, kind of worked together to put me where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, as far as the why, it's just a God thing. You know? <coughs> and then as far as what am I studying, uh, I just feel like, God led me to the medical field. You know, I don't know for sure what aspect, mm-hmm. but I feel like nursing will give me a good broad range of that so then I could be more open to everything. Mm-hmm. And then I can just go from there. There you go. Cool, man. So, um, man, how many times have you been to Guatemala now? <laughs> Wish you wouldn't ask me. I think I went the first time when I was 15, so 15, 16, 17. Didn't go oh, you're up out of the point to where you can lose track. Yep. Four years, I believe. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Something like that. So, first time, man, like 15 years old, like, was that something? Who was the youth minister at the time? 
Was it Jordan? No. Or Matt? It was Matt. Was it pushed? Or did you just... Like, uh, what, did that, what did that look like? How'd the setup go? Not really. I uh, I don't know. It was, I was told my mama I wanted to go with her. You know, because mama went a lot longer than I have. And I was just like, mama, I want to go to Guatemala, da 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 She was always, you got to wait till you're 16. So mm-hmm. then, I'm just chilling, you know. And uh, mama's like, you want to go to Guatemala this year? I was like, shoot, yeah, I want to go to Guatemala. <laughs> she was like, well, brother, Keith thinks, you know, it's okay to go as long as, you know, we're pretty mature. And uh, mm-hmm. I was mature then. You know, I knew the word. I could, I could tell it to you all day. Yeah. You know, I wasn't exactly living the best that first year, but, you know, I was... I was I knew what I was doing and <clears throat> you know it was a big eye opener for me. So uh, just getting a go was a huge blessing and like you said, you know that first time just seeing everything. I think the worst part, I say the worst, but the the most like heart grabbing part mm-hmm. was the dump. Yeah, that's tough. That's where the little rally car comes in. Yeah, we were at the dump with those little race cars. It's tough, and just man. seeing, you know, those little children while they're just patiently waiting for those mothers to dig. And when we say the dump, is what it is, it's a huge valley where all the trash is dumped. It's just dumped in this valley. And then you'll see these single moms. Why are they single? There's no work. They're outside of Chamaltenango in a small village outside of Guatemala City, the capital. And, you know, the dads are uh, alcohol addicted and they ended up typically they'll leave the mom to fend for the child and you know you'll see them off living in the streets or joining gangs and then the mothers are left with what am I going to do for work well, I can't really find it so they're at these dumps gathering food while you have anywhere from an infant if it's not you know and they're so good at strapping the kids to the back yeah. to their backs <laughs> but uh, if they're not too big for that they're patiently just playing at the top of the hill. And, um, yeah, it was my second trip there uh, when they started the dump ministry. And first time I saw that, uh, I still had the picture. Um, I've cried over that picture. Every time I think about that. It's It'll like, get you. It's a whole different, like... The worst of the worst that we have here in the States isn't like that. You know what I mean? That's right. No, we got a lot of homeless people. Yeah. But they're not, you know, digging through I mean, we have weeks old trash, months old trash. That's right. You know, either trying to find something to eat or trying to find something they can sell. And it's like, you know, kind of like you said, it's not, we're not talking about just a little dump, you know, a couple of dumpsters. <laughs> this is an entire valley and it's just full of trash. Mm-hmm. And they're walking all through it down the side of it and it's just, oh man, it's awful. The smell is gut wrenching, mm-hmm. and but I mean that's what they got to do to survive. That's it, and that'll really that that's what grabbed me my first year, and it really was like you said earlier, you know, I really hit the lottery being born here, you know, with everything I grew up with, it was like everything I had ever complained about ran through my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. and I automatically felt awful. And I think the biggest thing too was you know they don't know they're poor. Mm-hmm. Like, they're content with their lives, most of them. I'm sure, like, we've met some people at the dump who, you know, came from better circumstances and then were put there. But for the most part, like, going out in the villages and stuff, it's like they're perfectly content, you know, with yeah. working and Corn raising fields. their kids, uh, cooking all day. Because, you know, they got to cook all day to sanitize the food. And 
I don't know. It's just that level of contentment kind of just tugged at me too. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it's one of Jordan's story. We worked this village together, um, but I didn't have the experience, so I just vaguely remember this lady. But she was blind, and uh, Jordan would go back to bless at home. We, I think, me and Jordan built this home together. And Jordan will have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I was in this village. It might have been they were working in the same village following trip however it works but uh like when he first saw her man she was just feeling her way through the cornfield and um he's that kind of stuck with him and then he goes back to dedicate the home and he's asking around and like it's catch a cow it's not true spanish in this village and um understood enough he had lazaro's son uh, with him to translate and he's like, oh, this catch cow, I don't know, it's kind of sketchy. I don't really do it. Yeah. And uh, turns out it was her home. And uh, she happened to remember his voice. That's crazy. And that's how she knew Jordan. And then like a following trip, they ran into a year later, and she still remembered his voice. That's awesome. It's like, that is so insane. Yeah. Like the impact that you really have on some of these people. Because I remember, like, for some of them, it was the first time they ever seen red hair. And I had, I had a big red beard, and, like, the kids was, like, just pulling at it. And and I couldn't imagine, like, being down there this year for COVID, you know. I, mean, I was tough, you know. Well, I, I say tough. You know, the masks were a big deal. But, I mean, they were living life, doing what they needed to do. Were they even wearing the mask in the villages? The village is closer, like, we were in one village, and the houses that were closer, I guess, to the inner part of Chamontanango, we weren't too far from the mission house. Mm-hmm. And uh, the houses, I guess, that were closer to the highway mm-hmm. kind of were, like, wearing them, you know, keeping them on where they're more visible. But, like, going down deep into it, not as much, you know, the parents kind of did, but the kids was just, yeah, the kids were chilling. And, uh, I mean, like, was it your girlfriend's or fiance now? It was, this is her first time going. No, right? it was her second. Second? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was her first time. And I was like, what a way to break her first in. time was last year. And uh, she had a bunch of, uh, I guess, family issues going on at the time. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't really a great time. Our, mo- our grandmother was real sick and stuff. So her first experience wasn't that good because she yeah. was worrying constantly. But, like, going back this year, Jimmy Thomas told me that he got up to cook breakfast and was cooking. And she just came in there and sat at the table and he looked at her and said, good morning. She said, I'm ready to work. You know, she just did a complete 180, though. Yeah. I think that was a God thing because she told me, she said, I'm not coming back after that first year. Yeah. She said, I'm not going back. Dude, I have seen it. Like, um, I have seen people, like, have mental breakdowns on, like, the first night of being yeah. there. Like, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't weigh the cost. It's like, whatever you have going back home, you better take care of it. Yeah. It will worry you. <laughs> it will, because like, you, you don't need to come you, back. Yeah, you can't just. Uh, I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> now you there for six more days, fella. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. But uh, yeah, she did a complete 180, and she loves it. I mean, she loves it as much as I do. Yeah. So I mean, like, was it planned the whole time? Like, when did oh, you yeah. when did you get the idea? I was planned. Oh, uh, I'd say about a month or two before. Uh, I was like, you know, prayed about it, and I felt like God gave me peace on it. Yeah. So I was like, who else can say they was proposed to on a mountain facing a volcano in the ancient city of Antigua? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. then it was just kind of like the whole 
everyone on the trip was in on it. <coughs> and she never knew, never <laughs> suspected. And uh, it was good. You know, just pop down. <laughs> and boom, here we are in Gase. Yeah, man. So, um, studying nursing. Um, man, what is... What does life look like right now for you? I mean, you got school about to start back up and everything's getting back to normal. You're fresh back from Guatemala. Like, what about the day-to-day? Is there anything just been on your mind a lot lately? But, um, other than, you know, this COVID stuff. I work at DCH now. Okay. Is it and, kind of like an intern or what are you, what are you doing? Well, like I'm moving to, uh, right now I'm in the EBS department. So moving beds, doing things like that. But uh, I'm moving to PCA and cardiac just kind of get familiar with the area but um just like seeing what you know COVID's doing there's a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories there's a lot of opinions on covid mm-hmm. you know but uh just seeing like those people that are in there and are you know deathly ill it's just it's been weighing on my heart you know and it's kind of like yeah COVID wouldn't affect me that bad i don't feel like I'm not gonna say it won't because i ain't had it but yeah you know, there are people out there who, if they get it, will be oh, in trouble. It'll do with them, dude. Yeah. And that's like, that's not me endorsing the vaccine or anything. I am vaccinated, but yeah. that's completely up to anybody. I'm not finna oh, sway you dude, one way or the other. Yeah, that is my thing. Is like, the only advice I'll give is like, consult your doctor. Yeah. And that's because, it. Uh, you know, whatever your position, that's fine, man. If you are, if you ain't, uh, if you can't, if you can't. Yeah. I mean... I don't care. That's kind of how I am, too. It's yeah. just like it is what it is. I, I'm a, mean, I still love you, you know? <laughs> I'm not finna not hug you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just, I guess COVID will be, in, in my day-to-day, COVID is like my biggest worry. You know, yeah. I just, it's tough, man. I just want to go back to normal. I want life to go back to normal because it's like, it's messing with a lot of things. We've had some talk of, you know, being prepared to go back online at school. Yeah. You know, and that's going to really suck because that first year, First semester, we was all online, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Uh, I do a lot better seeing, being there and seeing in person. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I just, I can't wait for the world to go back to how it was. If it ever does. Yeah, who's to say? I mean, you know, like right when you get one under the control, you got Delta, you know. We're going to go all the way through the Greek alphabet. What's up, you know? Uh, we might. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if that's what it takes. <laughs> so, um, cool. Uh any other topics you'd like to cover? Um, what about you, man? What's life been like for you? Man, it's... We've been talking uh, a lot about me. Let's talk about you for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Man, lately it's, uh, you know, this podcast is a big thing. Um, a part of my life. Uh, greatest idea I've ever had. Uh, I couldn't imagine, like, the connections I've made, like, globally. Yeah. Um, and just musicians. I've met some of the... I've had some of my heroes on my show, you know? I didn't. I didn't think I'd ever meet him. Um, so I mean, like, if you want to start a podcast, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, it's fun, man. It's fun. Uh, but it's like anything else. If you're not passionate about it, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you'll get in there and think you are, and you're not. And that's that's true of a lot of things. But yeah, man. Uh, I work at Startville Utilities. Uh, <laughs> I'm still. Bouncing around churches. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times I'm just not in town. Uh, I really want to be a part of what James White is doing. But do you know him? Yeah, I know James. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan. I've been praying hard for uh, what he's got going on. I want to be more involved. Um, 
and I'd love to be more involved with Jordan Lawler. Um, faith's been the big thing on my mind lately, and I've been doing a lot of reading and writing, and I just wanted to go um, through the Bible, starting at Genesis, and it, this, like just for instance, like the story of Cain and Abel, it's not even a paragraph long. And dude, I, could, I wrote ten pages about everything that it was teaching. Yeah. You know, and it's like look at it on like every level. It's like okay, base level, there were two brothers, Cain and Abel. One was a shepherd, one was a farmer. God uh, liked the farm. Uh, God liked the shepherd. He wouldn't. He didn't approve of what the farmer gave. Why? Was it because of the sacrifice that um, Abel was offering his best to God? Was what uh, Cain was offering not good enough? Was he holding back? Right there, there's your first point. Yeah. Look at that. And then, like, uh, man, what's do Cain do? He gets jealous. God's blessing you. He's not blessing me. Killed him. For what? Jealousy? Yeah. And where does jealousy start? <clears throat> I got jealous because of my pride. That's it. Well, what's pride? Well, that's what I think of myself. So you didn't humble yourself. Humble myself before who? My God. Huh? <laughs> and if I humbled myself before God, I would have gave him my best because I understood that that is what he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> But I killed my brother. God approaches him. Where's uh, where's Abel? Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> what is that saying? Basically, I don't know. He don't care. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly where he is. And like God told him, he's like, I heard the uh I heard the blood cry out from the earth. What have you done? He gave Cain, his punishment, and marked him. And Cain said, this is more than I can bear. I can't handle this. Well, that's why I marked you, so that everyone would know who you are. And so in the midst of the first murder that ever occurred, that, we, that was documented, that we know about, uh, God still dealt justly. Now everybody and like this is my overarching theme is like why I spend so much time Old Testament is like lately my conversations with people who don't believe who are kind of skeptical of the Bible their first objective is uh, the God of the Old Testament was a God of wrath and then the God of the New Testament is a God of love and I was false if you say that you never read Revelation because when Jesus comes back it's not pleasant no not at all he comes back as the judge, jury, and executioner. Yep. And I was like, you, and you haven't seen God's full wrath. But then like, you go back to the God of wrath of the Old Testament. It's like, look at all the times he had mercy. Still in Genesis, Sodom and Gomorrah. He let Abraham talk him down to, all right, if there's 50, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10, if if you can find that, will you not destroy him? Or even before that with uh, Abraham, right? It's like, uh, 
I'm giving you a promised land, but you can't. Abraham never got to see it. Neither did Moses. No. But you won't see it in your lifetime. Why? Because the sins of the Amalekites has not come to fruition. Mercy. Those are not my chosen people, but I'm still giving them their time. He's the same God from beginning to end. And like that's like if I ever finish this work that I'm working on, like I, I, I'm kind of obsessed with it, and it's just glad to be able to like have somebody because I don't have. I talk to Andrew about it a lot. I thought I call Jordan and I'll call James when I think I got a. Oh, I've, I've never heard it like this before. Yeah, is this right? What do you think? <laughs> is um, and I just I want to finish this work, and it was like C.S. Lewis. You ever read any C.S. Lewis? I read Chronicles Narnia. Yeah, that counts. Um, but uh, he wrote a book called The Great Divorce. But if you're not if you're not a believer, the best book you can read by C.S. Lewis is Mere Christianity. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and but my personal favorite is The Great Divorce. But I, um, I read a, a essay on The Great Divorce. Yeah, I want to say I have. It's it's a good book, but uh, the way C.S. Lewis puts things is like because a lot of way like and I've taught I've I've taught college age I've taught uh, youth I've taught children's church I've preached to adults like I've, I've taught all ranges and and I've been under a lot of people but like I won't and, and, but this this has to be like backed by the Holy Spirit it has to be backed by God it has to come from Him and like this is not self-reliance it's just me putting in the work to be able to and that's another thing is like I set out to, uh, I want to memorize the entire word. Maybe not verbatim, <laughs> but like I'm talking Genesis to Malachi, Old Testament, like even the boring stuff. It's yeah. like, because uh, it's mentioned time and time again, Psalms, one of my favorite books in the Bible, just a collection of songs. What does David say time and time again? I wrote the word on my heart. What's that mean? I memorized it. In case I didn't have it on me or someone took it from me. You still know. I still have it. And I can still teach it. And if I know it well enough that it's written on my heart, I can translate that to anybody. Because yeah. I, I just don't want things to be complicated. But like C.S. Lewis was a great author of explaining faith without making people feel contempt, judged, and under condemnation. Because like even though you have to deal with your sins and that when you come in actual contact with something holy, you want to run because you realize one thing, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's when the light hits the dark. Dark flees. It can't be around it. It's night and day. It can't coexist. And if I'm to partake in what being in the light, i got to be pure. And that's incredibly hard to do. Yeah, and I and I don't mean to preach. If I sound like I'm preaching, <laughs> I just, I mean, you ask me what's going on. That's what I've been oh, working no. on. You that's know, that's what I love to hear, man. It's raw. You yeah, know? and uh, and I got my music like uh, and like the Delta variant. Like it's, it scares me because like I feel like we're about to they're about to take live venues back away from me. And like that's how I make a lot of my money, man. Yeah, that's. I don't I don't get booked all the time, but ever since they brought music back, I've got booked a lot. <laughs> you know, people are hungry for it. Yeah. 
And like some of the venues that only offered it on the weekends, hey, they play, do it midweek. You can go play one hour here. Yeah. You can go follow up tomorrow. But I interrupted you. What was you saying earlier? I don't even when we remember. when we jumped off of we were jumping off faith and I jumped into music. You said it was raw. Oh yeah, I mean, you talking about uh, how did I ask you? You know, this just raw, man. I like that's what I like to hear. Just because I mean, if that's what you go through, that's what you go through. You yeah. know, but that's that's good stuff. Yeah, you know, that's really good stuff. I like to hear it. And I, I've got to get more active. And um, that was another good thing, man. It's like I love having Andrew, and Andrew invites me to Kennedy like every week, nonstop. I run into Jimmy and Janet not too long ago. When are you going to come? And I was like, that old stinking hospitality of Kennedy Baptist, man. It's going to get me. So, uh, we well, ain't nothing between us but fresh air and opportunity. Huh? Yep. <laughs> well, cool, man. Um, anything else to do? Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit. Like, uh, let's plug what you want to do. And I don't know how far off it is, but, uh, what what have you thought about the name of the podcast? See that? No, I gotta figure something out. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't know. It's just like, is I, it gonna be you? And, are you gonna have like co-hosts? Yeah, or are you gonna I'm, do guests? Well, or? I think I'm gonna do just some guests at first till I can find somebody who will co-host with me. Yeah, because uh, I've asked a couple of people, but most of them either don't want to commit to a schedule or something like that. Which kind of I'm gonna just go by the go, you know, to, mm-hmm. till I get used to it. But uh, I don't know. I I get a lot of I have a lot of random knowledge in my head <laughs> and I think about a lot of random stuff. Yeah. So uh I'm gonna like, you know, just do that, you know, talk about random things. You know, most of them try to tie back into the word. Yeah. You know, but for the most part just random random everyday stuff. Just get in there and talk about it, dive in, you know, what's going on in the world right now, what's going on in the state, uh what's going on in the town. Yeah. You know, things like that just that's the crazy thing about it. And like when I first started, like uh, I had a few friends ask me, "It's like, man, you want to start a podcast? You'll run out of something to talk about." And I was like, "Have you ever lived?" <laughs> it's like there's always something to talk about. Always something to talk about. <laughs> there's always something going, man. Uh, you a big TV watcher? Uh, here and there. I, I'm not either. I have like. I got a couple of friends that uh, they're like really into movies or like they're really into TV shows. If I'm hanging out with them, I'll, I'll watch TV because yeah. that's what they like to do. But other than that, I like reading. Um, I like playing music too. But I don't know. That's typically that's all I do now. I go to work or I'm podcasting or I'm playing music. And we're all dead. I think the podcasting game would be fun, though. It is, dude. And, like, man, you never know who's going to listen. Yeah. That's like uh, when you first started up, you know, it starts fun. Then, like, you posted I don't think uh, I had heard anything about it for a while. But then you posted something on Facebook. And, like, you was pinging all over the nation. I was like, whoa. You know, that's that's good. I remember when y'all was just talking about it. Yeah. Not even doing it. Mm-hmm. But that's awesome, man. I'm and proud of you. You, you got a good thing going. And it's cool, too, man, because, like, some of the guys I've had with me from the start, like Andrew or Cobb or, like, nobody fell off the bandwagon. Like, nobody yeah. nobody quit, you know? Yeah. Like, Big John, he moved to Memphis. <laughs> but he still, come, like, when he comes home, he's like, we're podcasting. I hope you're there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, everybody's bought all in, and, like, that, that means everything, too, when you got a group of people behind you, like, keep going. And you never know, like, just talking about day-to-day is like, you never know what'll happen. Nope. 
Anyway, well, dude, let's get on out of here. I got to show you some equipment and uh, show you all that. Dude, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with me, dude. No problem. I appreciate, appreciate you having me today. Keep on keeping on. And that's it. visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.